What's up everyone and welcome back to New Release Monday here on Cinemac Reviews. Happy Halloween to you all. I hope you are filling up on candy and watching your favorite scary movies today. As always, I'm your host Chris and this is the show about all things movies and TV. Every week I give my thoughts and reactions to the newest releases, beloved franchises, and even upcoming projects like the MCU and Star Wars Universe. You can support this show by giving it a rating slash review on your favorite podcast service as well as following the show on all social media platforms. You can find all the handles on the Facebook page. Just search for Cinemac Reviews. It helps out the show a lot, and I really do appreciate all the support out there. You guys are truly awesome. Today, I have a Marvel-filled episode for you. There were three shows released this year on Disney+, Plus: Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, and She-Hulk. There is a lot to talk about with these three shows, so let's just dive right into it with Moon Knight. Moon Knight was released on March 30th, 2022 and consisted of six episodes. It stars Oscar Isaac as Mark slash Steven slash Moon Knight, Ethan Hawke as Arthur, and May Kalamawi as Layla. It was directed by Mohamed Diab, Justin Benson, and Aaron Moorhead. For the scenes where Steven and Mark interact with each other, Isaac's brother, Michael Hernandez, served as his double. The main villain of the series, Arthur, only appears in one issue of Moon Knight. Creators decided on Arthur because Moon Knight's only recognizable villain is Bushman, who is very similar to Eric Killmonger from Black Panther. To better understand his character's dissociative identity disorder, or DID, Oscar Isaac read A Fractured Mind by Robert B. Oxcombe. Numerous films had major influences on this series. Christopher Nolan's psychological thriller Memento, Raiders of the Lost Ark, John Wick, and The Born Identity. Mark Spector's Moon Knight suit has hieroglyphics on his trousers that read, Rise and live again as my fist of vengeance, my Moon Knight. Lastly, Oscar Isaac is not contractually obligated to remain in the MCU after these six episodes, and I will touch on that more when I talk about my predictions for the character's future within the MCU. So Moon Knight is a character that I'm not really familiar with before this series. I knew what he looked like and that's about it. I didn't have any context of his history or his stories or his villains in the comics. He was a brand new character to me and probably for a lot of people as well. He's not really one of Marvel's top tier characters. He tends to fall through the cracks. At least he definitely did for me. This series was very interesting though. I, it started off really, really strong. We're introduced to Steven, played by the awesome Oscar Isaac, who you probably remember as Poe Dameron from Star Wars. Uh, he works at a museum in London. That may sound like a boring life to some, but he is far from boring. He suffers from dissociative identity disorder, or DID. Uh, his other identity is Mark Spector, who is a mercenary with a dark, dark past. Isaac plays this uh, these two very different personalities really, really well, I think. He is so good in this series from start to finish. Uh, the writing, unfortunately, is just lacking a bit, especially towards the end of the series. Uh, this seems to be the trend with these Marvel shows lately. They start off really, really strong, but can't stick the landing. Uh, the first episode, like I keep saying, was really, really awesome. Uh, there was a lot of great action sequences, even though the CGI wasn't at an all-time was uh was not top tier marvel it was actually probably at an all-time low with that car chase scene uh these shows of course don't have the big budgets that the films do which is uh one of the reasons why i think this would have been a better 
uh, story to tell as a film versus a six episode series. Marvel is too focused on Disney Plus right now. I mean, the Falcon and Winter Soldier should have been a movie. Uh, and I'll get into that. I'll get into it next, but Miss Marvel should have also been a film. And then we have Moon Knight, who should have been a film as well. Marvel needs to pump the brakes on these shows, I think. Phase 4 really caused some audiences to feel fatigued. Uh, these first three phases of the MCU worked so well because they, they took their time with it. Uh, a film usually came out maybe two, two and a half years apart from each other. That's the perfect gap between installments, uh, I think. Maybe you can get away with one year between projects like we did with Infinity War and Endgame, uh, but three or four in the same year, that's that's a little too much. Uh, in 2022, so far, we've had Moon Knight, Doctor Strange 2, Miss Marvel, Thor 4, She-Hulk, the Werewolf by Night special, the I Am Groot shorts, uh, next month, we have Black Panther 2, followed by the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special uh, to end the year. That's nine Marvel projects in the same year. Pump the brakes, Marvel. That's just too much for us to handle. The focus needs to be on quality, not quantity. Phase 4 has been seriously lacking in the quality department, unfortunately. I'd say maybe half or even less than that of Phase 4 are actual quality projects. You know, Spider-Man No Way Home was a huge hit. Loki was a very, very popular series. WandaVision was also a really strong start to Phase 4. Hawkeye is a little bit trickier. I'm in the minority of where I absolutely love Hawkeye. I know there are fans out there who didn't really care for it. I think it was really awesome. Uh, and then Moon Knight, unfortunately, doesn't fall into that category. It, it would if it were a film, though. There are a lot of great elements within this series. The first one, of course, is Oscar Isaac. He's... It's a terrific actor who put a lot of care into uh, this version of the character. I love the backstory of Steven uh, and Mark, along with the reveals that we get throughout the series. All that stuff with his abusive mom and the death of his brother was some serious, deep trauma that the series tackles. And it makes a lot of sense as to why Mark created Steven in the first place. It was a defense mechanism. The twist of Steven being that the personality and not the original was really heartbreaking for the audience. I know it was for me. Uh, I can't commend Oscar Isaac enough on on this performance. He did an incredible job. Ethan Hawke, who plays the villain, uh, Arthur, he was also very, very incredible. He he wanted to serve the evil of the world, their justice, but in the wrong way. He was straight up murdering people with his magical cane. Uh, unfortunately, the series kind of falls apart towards the end. We get the typical kaiju fight between Khonshu, who is... Uh, the god that kind of create who gave Moon Knight his powers. And then we have Amit, who Arthur, the villain of the story, Ethan Hawke, was serving. Uh, the CGI isn't the greatest, especially in some of the action sequences, like the car chase scene and the, the kaiju fight. The Layla character was okay, not great. She was uh, Mark's wife. Uh, she kind of shows up uh, towards the end of the first... Uh, I think we actually meet her in episode two. I mean, she's a great actress, she did an awesome job with the character. I just think the character itself is, was not written the greatest. She was kind of a what it, whatever. She was kind of thrown in there to kind of give Oscar Isaac some, someone to bounce off with. And the post credit scene was uh, kind of eh. Uh, if you remember, that was where uh, Ethan Hawke gets put into the asylum uh, by uh, Oscar Isaac. And then Conchu comes back with the third personality, uh, Jake. Uh, who and then they end up killing Ethan Hawke in the limo. That was a post-credit scene. 
not exactly sure what the future uh, holds with that. But that leads me to the next topic I want to tackle is what is the future of Mark slash Steven slash Moon Knight? Uh, and, of course, Jake now, who, like I just said, got revealed as a third personality within him. Honestly, don't know what Marvel should do with the character. From what I've read, the series didn't do as well as Marvel hoped. Uh, I would blame that on it being a series instead of a film. Moon Knight could team up with Daredevil, maybe. Uh, if I were to put money on anything, though, it would be a team up with Ghost Rider. Uh, that would make the most sense in my mind. They could form the Midnight Suns, which is a team consisting of various anti-hero style characters within Marvel. They're kind of like the Defenders, you know, with Daredevil, Luke Cage, and uh, Jessica Jones from Netflix. Uh, this could be another kind of side team. Uh, I believe Blade is a part of that as well. So we could, uh, he could join the MCU version of Midnight Suns at some point, maybe. Uh, that seems like the most logical thing to do with a character like Moon Knight. Have him as part of a team, not a solo adventure. I would probably... Yeah, that'd, that'd be the best thing. Is I don't really see him as leading his own project anymore. He he should probably just kind of get thrown into projects instead of leading one. I would probably give the Moon Knight series three stars out of five. It's definitely not the worst Marvel project. That award still goes to the Eternals, unfortunately. Um Moon Knight is slightly above that towards the middle of the pack. Uh, it has some really incredible elements like the DID stuff and Oscar Isaac's performance and Ethan Hawke's performance. They were really, really good. The writing is what ultimately falls short for me with this series and many of the other series, especially with the finales. Uh, the Moon Knight character would would have benefited way more uh, from a film instead of a series, I think. And I think that's the case, as you'll see throughout this episode, that a lot of these series should have been just two, two and a half hour films instead of six to nine episode shows. But next up is Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel was released on June 8th, 2022 and consisted of six episodes, just like Moon Knight did. It stars Mon Villani as Kamala slash Miss Marvel, Matt Lintz as Bruno, and Rish Shah as Cameron. It was directed by Adele Urel-Rabi, Bilalaw Falah, Mira Menon, and Sharim Abade Chinoy. Apologies if I butchered those names. They all directed two episodes apiece of the series. This was the first MCU project to cast an actor in a lead role who does not have any prior acting experience. Shout out to Valani for her first gig in Hollywood. Kamala Khan made her Marvel debut in 2013 as Miss Marvel. Before her, the mantle was inherited by Carol Danvers, who is now the present-day Captain Marvel. The S in the Miss Marvel logo is the shape of an Arabic M for Marvel. Matt Lintz actually auditioned for the MCU's Spider-Man, which ultimately went to Tom Holland. No offense to Lintz, he was really good in this series, but Tom Holland was the best choice by far for Spider-Man. And then lastly, the series released in cinemas in Pakistan due to Disney Plus being unavailable in Pakistan. It was also a great way to honor the hero's roots. So Miss Marvel was a character that I was really excited about when Marvel announced that she would be making her MCU debut. She's a character that I've slowly grown to love from the comics and the video games that she has shown up in. 
Unfortunately, her MCU series was kind of an eh overall. I loved the first two episodes, but that's about it. Knowing that uh, three different people directed two episodes apiece makes a lot of sense because this felt like three different shows kind of sewn together into one. That was a terrible idea, if you ask me, and and the final product that we did get proves that. This did not feel like a complete series. It was all over the place. There was time travel at one point, which was kind of dumb. The antagonists were whatever, and the CGI was just bad, kind of like Moon Knight. I still managed to have some fun with the series every week, though. And that's all thanks to Aman Vellani's Kamala Khan. I really love her as Miss Marvel. I think she did an awesome job with it being her first acting gig. She was a lot of fun and very charismatic. I got serious Tom Holland Spider-Man vibes from her, especially all the high school stuff. I wish they would have leaned more into that side of her story. I also loved her family dynamic as well. Again, I wish they leaned more into that also instead of the the gin and the cosmic stuff and the the other dimension uh plot line that they threw in here i wanted to stick with kamala in high school and her relationship with her family for the whole series i wanted more of a spider-man homecoming vibe which the first episode had and part of the second episode did as well it's just when we get to episodes three four five and six it kind of just kind of lost control of the wheel it was kind of all over the place uh, especially those two middle episodes there are some specific scenes that i wanted to bring up before getting into what the future holds for kamala slash miss marvel uh the first is the opening uh sequence uh i love the animation and kamala talking on her youtube channel in the background that was such a fun way to introduce a character to the audience really really well done now her powers in this are different than in the comics and video games uh Marvel decided to give her cosmic powers instead of sticking to the comics and giving her stretch abilities similar to Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four. Now, I understand that it kind of makes sense to change her powers because you really don't want two characters running around with similar powers. I get it. But I don't like it when studios change the powers of characters. It, it changes who they are, in my opinion. I would be a little more forgiving if the CGI was actually good in this, but unfortunately, it wasn't. Because these shows don't have the same budget as films. Like Moon Knight, Miss Marvel should have been a film, not a series. Another scene that I really loved was Kamala's dad dressing up as Hulk. That was really fun. I love her family and her relationship with them. So so great. We get that really touching scene in the finale. Where Kamala and her dad are sitting on the roof of their house. Talking about her being a superhero. I absolutely love that scene. I wanted more of that. Then we get the post credit scene uh, where Captain Marvel, uh, played by Brie Larson, and Kamala switch places. Captain Marvel ends up in Kamala's room while Kamala's whereabouts are currently unknown. I'm assuming she's in space somewhere, maybe in the middle of a battle. That would be crazy. Uh, this leads me into what does the future hold for Kamala Khan slash Marvel? Well, Kamala being, will be returning in the Marvels, which is the sequel to Captain Marvel. Uh, Brie Larson will, of course, return as Carol Danvers, along with Monica Rambeau from WandaVision, if you remember her. I'm not sure what to expect from the Marvels. I was never really high on Captain Marvel, the film or the character. But I'm pretty excited to see where uh, Kamala Khan uh, ended up at, because I do love her character. I'm really hoping that she teams up with Spider-Man or Ant-Man at some point, because I think she could have a really fun relationship with, with them. 
especially with Peter Parker, since they're in similar age ranges. Uh, I'm assuming she'll be a part of the two Avenger films coming later as well. I would probably uh, guess they might save her for Secret Wars. I don't know exactly how the Avengers, the Kang Dynasty is going to shape up as far as roster. But I, I would put money on her definitely being Secret Wars because that's like the big multiverse war that basically every Marvel character shows up in at some point. Uh, I would probably give uh, Miss Marvel three stars out of five, just like Moon Knight, uh, mainly because of the Kamala Khan character and the dynamic with her friends and family that we get throughout the series. That stuff was awesome. Again, I wish they would have leaned more into that instead of this cosmic crap with the, the gin and all that stuff with her family. If there's one thing that is consistently awesome with these shows, it's the costumes. I, I love them all. Kudos to Marvel's costume department right now. They're really knocking it out of the park with every character that they that they do it with. Uh, chalked this up to another great suit to add to their collection. Miss Marvel seemed to be aimed more at younger audiences, so I would take caution in that if you are uh, an adult going into this series. If you are a fan of Marvel, though, I would say give this a watch because it might be helpful to have Kamala's backstory in mind when she does pop up in future projects like the Marvels or the Avengers movies or wherever they end up sticking her in. Uh, let's take a quick break before jumping into She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Check out the premiere episode of the Harry Potter season, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which can be found on all major podcast services now. Grab your wands and tune in this Friday for Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald. She-Hulk Attorney at Law was released on August 18th, 2022 and consisted of nine episodes. It stars Tatiana Maslany as Jennifer Walters slash She-Hulk, Ginger Gonzaga as Nikki, and Tim Roth returning as Emil Blonsky slash Abomination. It was directed by Kat Kuro and Anu Velai. Uh, this is Marvel's first full solo Hulk project. Uh, the Incredible Hulk was partly developed and distributed by Universal Studios. The most recent rumor is that the rights will be going back to Marvel once the deal with Universal expires in June of 2023. So we could be getting a Hulk film finally. Uh, Malaya Rai played uh, She-Hulk on set because of her physical resemblance to the character. Uh, Tatiana's face was then CGI'd over uh, Malai's face. Uh, Alison Brie and Zoe Choi were considered for the role of Jennifer Walters before Tatiana was eventually cast. Tatiana was the best choice for this role, I think, and I'll expand on that in just a second. The main setting of the series is L.A., which was the setting for the first She-Hulk comic series, The Savage She-Hulk. And then lastly, She-Hulk is the last TV series of Phase 4. So She-Hulk was a show that I had no desire at all to check out at first because I was never a fan of the character or the comics. But then I realized, hey, it's Marvel. I have to check this out. I'll be honest, it took a few episodes for me to get hooked on it. Probably the first five out of the nine that we got. That is not good. If it takes your audience until the middle of the series to get hooked, then you're doing something very, very wrong. In She-Hulk's case, it was Marvel putting way too much real-world elements into it, and not the good stuff. I mean, Megan the Stallion and She-Hulk twerking in a post credit scene? Really, Marvel? This is 
what the MCU has come to. I understand that it was meant to be a fun way to connect with fans, but it was just stupid. It was honestly distasteful. If, if uh, My dad is a huge fan of Marvel, but this new slate of content in Phase 4, particularly She-Hulk, has turned him away from Marvel altogether, which is unfortunate because there are some really exciting projects coming out in the next few years. We have Black Panther 2, looks awesome. Ant-Man 3 looks incredible. We have two more Avengers films on the way, and we and he won't be heading to the theater to see any of them, unfortunately, because of projects like She-Hulk. Most of my problems with She-Hulk come from the writing. It didn't I, I didn't really care for all the Bruce Banner stuff at the beginning of the series. I think it didn't give respect to that character at all, except the short moment where he talks about Tony. That was heartbreaking to hear him explain his friendship with Tony to Jennifer. I love that scene. Other than that, that's about it for the Bruce Banner stuff. Putting actual Twitter feeds into the series was unnecessary and honestly very distasteful, just like the twerking post credit scene. I know, again, it was meant to put negative fans on blast, which I support. That part of the fan base pisses me off, and I don't and they don't deserve to be a part of this universe. I'm just saying that there could have been a better way to do it. A much more classy way, I guess you could say. I did think they handled the Todd character very well. He was a clear representation of womanizers in our society today, and how they uh, presented him was a was pretty shot up, spot on. I mean, I like that Jennifer didn't take any shit from him, and he put him in his place multiple times throughout the series. I love that. They did that part right. It's the Twitter stuff, and, and all that, I just, it rubbed me the wrong way. Very distasteful. Uh, what I didn't like was how the writers of the show, at least in the first couple episodes, presented all men as pieces of shit. Todd is a piece of shit. And that scene in the restaurant where he's showing off the Wakanda spear shirtless and hitting on She-Hulk at the same time. There are guys like that. And I do appreciate Marvel pointing that out and kind of, putting them in their place uh but the thing is with me is that uh, the first couple episodes present all men as pieces of shit which is not the case there are actually decent men out there in the world decent men like say the lovable matt murdoch aka daredevil who shows up in this towards the end uh this leads into what i love most about the series when daredevil shows up i had a blast with the series i was locked in at that point I love his dynamic with Jennifer. They actually make a really cute couple. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the of the new red and yellow suit, but Charlie Cox still kills it as Daredevil. No surprise there. I absolutely love the Daredevil Netflix show. He's honestly one of the best Marvel characters we have gotten as well. He's, he's right up there with Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Uh, putting him in She-Hulk saved the series for me. It's still way down uh, on my overall MCU ranking, but seeing Charlie Cox returning as Matt was incredible. I'm very, very excited for Devil Born Again, which is coming to Disney Plus in 2024, I believe. We, uh, If we get anything close to the fight choreography that we got in She-Hulk, then Born Again could easily be a top 10 Marvel project. I'm absolutely sure of that. My other favorite part of the series would be the finale. Typically with these Marvel shows, like I said, they start off strong and then kind of drop down in quality once we get to the finale. We all remember the Ralph Boner nonsense in WandaVision. That was just stupid. She-Hulk, on the other hand, was the complete opposite. It started off really stupid for me, 
But once we got to Daredevil showing up in the last couple episodes and the finale, I started to really love the series. She-Hulk breaking the fourth wall and jumping out of Disney Plus in order to confront the writers of the series and eventually Kevin was really incredible. I love how they did that. I did not see it coming at all. I absolutely loved that whole sequence. I was just in awe the entire time. The twist uh, of Kevin being an AI instead of the man that we all know, Kevin Foggy, was so good. Even though this having Foggy in there would have been awesome as well, and I, I have no doubts that he probably will end up in one of these projects eventually. Uh, but it was one of the best finales that we have gotten in Marvel. It, it's right up there with Loki. That finale was absolutely crazy, and this one was also crazy in its own way, and I, and I absolutely love it. One thing that I want to mention which I absolutely loved, was the return of Wong, of course, or in this case, Wongers. Jennifer wasn't uh, wrong in saying Wong is basically Twitter armor because it's true. Shang-Chi, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man No Way Home. They were all better because Wong showed up in them. Even though those projects were already pretty awesome, Wong just adds that special awesome factor to it. She-Hulk is another example of that. We're all lucky to have Wong in this universe. Benedict Wong is so awesome as Wongers. And I, I love his relationship with Madison. Two N's and a Y, but not where you think. I laughed so hard at that line. She was perfect. I can definitely see her popping up in future projects as well. Uh, this character on paper shouldn't have been this good, but for some magical reason, she was. Uh, that episode, the Daredevil episode, and the finale were all my favorites of the show. So what is the future of She-Hulk in the MCU? From what I'm reading, it seems like she will be a character that will pop up in other projects. I could see her making a cameo in Daredevil Born Again. I hope we get a lot more of Matt and Jennifer together. It, it seemed like they were a couple at the end of the series. So it would make a lot of sense uh, putting her in Daredevil at some capacity. Another project could be Captain America New World Order. I mean, she is a lawyer and Sam Wilson might need one. Uh, honestly, I think any of the Avengers could use a lawyer. So we could be getting a lot of She-Hulk in the future, actually. She's mo she'll most likely be a part of the Avengers uh, in Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. So that's very, very exciting uh, to see her interact with Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and all those other characters. It's a bit of a stretch since we're only a couple months away from it, but She-Hulk could pop up in Ant-Man 3. Uh, I mean, Scott does tend to get into a lot of legal trouble, so he's definitely a character that could benefit from an excellent lawyer like, say, Jennifer. Whatever project she does pop in, uh, it will be awesome to see Tatiana as Jennifer again. She was terrific in this role. Her and Charlie Cox were, and of course, Benedict Wong, were the saving graces for me. Tatiana is incredible and so lovable as Jennifer. I, I can't wait for her to interact with characters like Tom Holland's Spider-Man or Scott Lang's Ant-Man. There is so much that they could do with Jennifer in the future. I'm really excited about it. And even though I didn't care for most of the episodes in the series, that's the power of Tatiana Maslany, though. Marvel is so lucky to have her. This is a series that isn't for everyone, unfortunately, though. It, it's targeted at a specific kind of audience. Some fans might actually get angry by it. it. It's not like previous projects where they were aimed at more general moviegoers. There was something for everyone in them. That's not the feeling that I got from She-Hulk. It, it felt like this was for a specific part of that fan base. Kind of like how Miss Marvel and kind of felt. Uh, I would probably give it three stars out of five which seems to be the typical trend with these shows because of the dynamic between Tatiana Maslany and Charlie Cox. I mean, they were awesome. Uh, as well as the sitcom feel to the show, uh, they were short episodes that made the series more digestible for the audiences. Even though if you didn't really care for it like I did, 
this show really was went I went through it pretty easily because of the short like 20 minute to 30 minute episodes uh, with that sitcom feeling to it, which was a really big plus to it. I don't think I could have it would have felt way longer if there were like six one hour episodes. Uh, so kudos to them for that. Uh, let's end the episode with the MCU rankings. So here is the current Marvel TV rankings. At number one, we have Hawkeye, two, WandaVision, three, Loki, four, What If, and five, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I would put all three of these shows under Loki, but above What If. Neither of these will be cracking the top three spots. Those are pretty much locked in for life. What If is has nothing really to do with the overall MCU. It was kind of a bonus series to watch, I guess, is the best way to describe it. It was, it was still pretty good. It just doesn't really affect the MCU timeline at all. I would classify it more as a special rather than an installment in the MCU, kind of like the I Am Groove shorts and the Werewolf by Night special. Now, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier was a series that I don't really care for and probably won't return to it anytime soon. I might throw it on uh, when it gets closer to the release of A New World Order to kind of just get into the hype of it and get a refresher of that story. I do love the dynamic between Bucky and Sam in it. But that's about it. The antagonists were whatever, and the John Walker character was very, very unlikable. Uh, Miss Marvel didn't have a very good antagonist either, but I still had more fun with this, that series overall. So I would probably put She-Hulk at number four, uh, followed by Moon Knight at number five, and Miss Marvel at number six. That would put What If and the Falcon and Winter Soldier at number seven and eight. Ethan Hawke's Arthur and Moon Knight was a way better villain, I think, than the the cosmic uh, dimensional beings, the Jin, I believe they're called in Miss Marvel. Plus Oscar Isaac just kills it as Steven slash Mark slash Moon Knight, which is why I would put it above Miss Marvel ultimately. Uh, I believe the next show that we're going to get is Secret Invasion, which is basically the uh, Nick Fury show with a bunch of other people starring in. So you can guarantee that Cinematic Views will be returning to that series when that's all out. Right now, there isn't a separate list for these MCU shows yet, but you can see how they rank against the 30 other projects in the universe. Uh, you can find that list and many more lists on both IMDb and Letterboxd. Just search for Cinematic Reviews. Uh, you can also check out the episode that I did on these other five shows, uh, Hawkeye, WandaVision, Loki, What If, and the Falcon, Falcon and Winter Shoulder. Uh, that was actually part of the very first season of the show so go back and check that out if you want to hear my thoughts on those five shows well that's going to do it for this week's marvel filled new release episode tune in next week for another episode of new release monday also join me every friday for the harry potter season this coming friday i will be covering fantastic beasts the crimes of grindelwald Happy Halloween again to you all. Be safe, but have lots and lots of fun as well. Later, everyone.